welcome everybody to the season finale episode of the Marvel Guys podcast. We have Loki episode six recap review, whatever you want to call it. It is time, folks. It is. It is past. It is it's, beyond. It's beyond time. Time. Right. Right. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Every, the fight's over. There's only he who remains. Ah, there it is. What were your first impressions of this crazy episode of Loki that we just saw? Um, first impressions was Jonathan Majors is awesome, and uh, that we, we're we're just scratching the surface really so far, and we're already getting a lot, and, and like this is a lot to take in, but this is just the tip of the iceberg. So, uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm so so excited. You know what I was thinking. When they entered that castle and he started talking and he took him to the desk, it was come with me. Right. And you'll be Exactly right. He was Willy Wonka. He was Willy Wonka. This man literally they took a complete page out of the Willy Wonka playbook and it's the I'm I'm getting old here. Mm-hmm. I need you to take over the factory, Charlie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You lose. <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> you lose. There were so many little things that I was uh. just like it felt he it, it felt just, like Gene Wilder in Willy did. Wonka. He did. I wonder if that was his inspiration for those scenes. You know what I mean? Because you can easily see. Gene Wilder looks like he who remains in the Yeah, he comics. does. He does. Like, unfortunately, he's passed now, but yeah. he was just, he was a phenomenal actor while he was, you know, Willy Wonka. But in his older age, he really did kind of resemble some of the, the comic lore of he who remains. Yeah. Um, this episode was insane. We are so happy you guys can join us for this. Um, if you are not already in our Facebook group, the Marvel Guys Podcast, please do join and talk to us. Tell us about what you thought. Um, if you're enjoying us, the podcast on Apple, please do leave a review if you can. It really, really helps us out. But let's not waste any time. As we talked about, time is of the essence mm. in this episode. It is. It's just, it was an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. We, first of all, congratulations. Yeah. You were yeah, correct on correct. He Who Remains being the person behind the curtain. Yeah. I, I I didn't have the name in the actual podcast episode, but if you're in the Facebook yes. group, you would have seen. Yeah. You I, redeemed I, yourself. I, I redeemed myself there. Um, and congratulations to myself because technically, yeah, well, we got the last scene was Kang the Conqueror yeah, yes. in statue form. Yes. So. I, and I would also say. The little piece that I would add to that is if you guessed that Immortus was the character, to me, and this is just me, to me, you're partially correct as well. Because yeah. I would say, so So here's the thing. He who remains that's in the comics is kind of like this weird character that's kind of obscure and is also like doesn't have a relationship to anything or anyone. He's just he who remains. Like he's just, you know. He's not Kang. He's not like tied into that at all. They literally took the character and tied it into Kang and tied it into like and made it kind of seem similar to an Immortus type character. Like we didn't come out and, and he didn't come out and say I am Immortus or anything like that. But you could definitely see that there was a little tiny, tiny bit of inspiration from the Immortus character, which is also yeah. cool because of how he was laying things down and how he was like kind of talking about 
his life and in, in, in different things. You can almost see that like, okay, well, he's got a little bit of Immortus in him and that the Immortus character still exists somewhere out there, obviously. And obviously Kang is, is part of this whole discussion and, you know, we, we may get, you know, I, I am 100% of belief that we will get Iron Lad at some point. So that's a, that's a thing, but, uh, man, incredible. Well, and my, my intuition was kind of right as well with this other thing. I was shocked how the episode ended uh, episode five because there was nothing left. No, like there was just a, a place to enter. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that all that they could have done is maybe make made obstacles for them to have to get to the castle itself. But if there's no, no obstacles, nothing in the way, all that was left was dialogue within the castle. Yeah. So I was shocked that when episode five ended, I thought that's, that's pretty much what I expected the whole season finale to look like, Mm -hmm. which is why I feel like we were really lucky that we got this last episode of just complete. And I can't even finish my own sentences because the next thing comes to (laughs) my mind because we were less than 10 minutes in and we already meet the antagonist of the, honestly, the series, (laughs) you know, at this point, um, Sylvie was not a strong villain in this series. She just, she wasn't mean enough. There wasn't enough, you know, mm. diabolicalness to her. She she turned out to just kind of be a half uh, protagonist. No, she be, she was a Loki. Yeah, and, so. and and Renslayer was a little bit too clueless to be the ultimate ones pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. There was no Agatha all along or anything. We met the antagonist in the final episode, which is kind of what we were thinking along the way. But also, how many times have we talked about dial it back? Reel right. it in. Um, right. Once again, Loki says, take your bunt single and throw it out because we're going for a grand slam. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for one, they start off the episode putting us in our feels because we get the music from yeah. Captain America's scene with, with oh, the dancing. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. What did you think when you heard all these yeah going through the mcu phrases to start it off because it was very kind of throws you off at first it did and i and i will say this um what i think they and i obviously marvel does everything with intent marvel doesn't just do things just to do things right i I think we both noted this before but Endgame was the first time that we got that little introduction marvel thing where there was no music like it was just this thing and we got straight into Hawkeye and his family. Well, Clint Barton and his family. Um, this was the second time that they kind of messed up and or met, not messed up, but like messed with and did something different to the intro. And I, they right. once again, they do this for a reason. They did it in Endgame to create that somber mood because that's exactly what needed to be happening because of what happened in Infinity War. They did it here. And this is to where my brain went, boom, like just all over the place. They did it here because they're setting up the multiverse. Right. Because if you watch in the scene, like you're, you're seeing all this stuff that happened before. You're hearing all these lines that were said before in previous movies. And then what do we also see? We see the time stream flowing around yes. this location. Yes. And that time stream 
became crucially important at the end of this, of this episode. So yeah, this was definitely done with the intent of saying this is everything that's you've seen before, and this has existed in this timeline. Yes, we're now getting into something even crazier. I completely agree. What what I took from it, looking like before watching the episode, when I when I heard those lines, I was thinking, this is somehow a nod to this timeline. Yeah, this is like enjoy it while it lasts this is what you know by the end of this episode that was the last time we ever will see the same marvel thing and it being the end all be all yeah because at the end of this episode the universe expanded almost infinitely eventually mm. infinitely i suppose and the the sounds the, the voices um within the mcu told you okay this is what was really important. We're highlighting it now because there's something important coming. And then secondarily, they had shout out to Neil Armstrong. Mm-hmm. They had Greta Thun- Thunberg. Thunberg. Mm-hmm. Thunberg. Yeah. Um. They had Maya Angelou. They had they had a lot of, uh, societally important. Mandela. Yeah, Mandela. A lot of people. A lot of, people. A lot of voices and um, important things that have happened in our timeline not the marvel timeline necessarily but the marvel timeline really is just an alternate version of what we know obviously they use real life events and kind of build off of that so it was almost like marvel was saying take all the things you know in marvel and take all the things you know in your life and cherish it because there's so many more to come (laughs) in different uh realities and we didn't even realize that your reality may not exist for much longer. Right. We got another 20 minutes. (laughs) So let's stay with this for a little while too, because this is another thought that I had uh, when I watched it a second time was this is them also saying to me, and this is just me being a comic fan for a little while. If you were a fan of the previous generation in this Marvel series, the infinity saga, if you are a fan of that and you grew up with that, that still might be a thing. And what I mean by that is there are characters that existed in that timeline and that era that could pop up somewhere else now because anything is possible. Yeah. I mean, we literally got the speech from he who remains talking about how, Kang and there's all these infinite different versions of Kang. Well, if there's infinite versions of him, there's infinite versions of Thor, Loki. We already saw how many versions of Loki there are. How many versions of Tony Stark are there? How many versions of Steve Rogers are there? Like, we're getting a whole What If series on you know, T'Challa being Star-Lord and Peggy Carter being Captain America. Um, So, man, like we are... I don't think anybody's prepared for this, to be honest. I I truly don't think. And this is also something it's going to take a while to set up because I think there's already things that are in motion that exist in this timeline. Like obviously Hawkeye exists in this timeline timeline. I I assume that people are automatically going to start questioning. How does this fit into Falcon and winter soldier? Like what happens with them now? What happens with WandaVision and all that stuff? Like, and so that that's what I would say is that this is setting up something for the future that we will see at a later date. This is the and I and I kind of talked about this last time. This is kind of like the uh, 
seeing Thanos in Avengers 1 for the first time. This is something that's going to be set up uh, that's going to it's going to be as like a slow burn in the MCU. So maybe not though. It, it might not. They There's going to be some pop head with a, a frying pan. They may, come they December. Might. They might with 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 Doctor Strange and yeah, and, and everything and, and Spider Man and I don't know. <laughs> I I agree with you. I think I think the slow burn is going to lead to what's ultimately coming, which I'm not sure we can fathom at the moment because mm-hmm. we just jumped <laughs> in one week so fast. Yes, to so many possibilities. Like, the X-Men wasn't really a thing that could happen until this occurred. Yeah. Fantastic Four, probably not either, because we don't... It's hard to sell a universe where everybody's just like, oh, I'm not going to be super yet. You know? Right. A lot of these things are going to be alternate reality dependent, and I think we're slowly leading up to so many massive things. My brain also went to makes it seem much more likely we are going to get that weird, crazy Spider-Man yeah. stuff we thought we were going to. Yeah. Um, basically, this episode told you, dream big, mm-hmm. because anything can happen now. And when they say that, they truly mean it. Um, and honesty serum for a second, when I first heard the music come on, mm. I thought they were going to do a scene with Captain America explaining what happened with him and the TVA. Uh, when I heard that music, I was like, because yeah. why else would they play the music, right? right? right. When it first comes on, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to show when he met the TVA. And it didn't happen. But, like, my brain was already going there. And then, like, ten minutes later, we're meeting He Who Remains. And he's – it's isn't it incredible how many times we get explained the universe by somebody who knows more than the last person? Yeah. <laughs> That's, it's Marvel, you know? Can I uh, – I'm pulling up my sleeves here because uh, – I'm getting in my bag a little bit here, but like, I think, uh, and once again, people are sick of me saying this, but Hickman's Avengers, man, this episode to me cements that it's a possibility within this universe. And I'm telling you now, if we get into that arena of thing in the MCU, the infinity saga is going to seem like nothing compared to what we're about to get into because this is insane like we even heard and and i think it was kind of a nod to annihilus uh from uh he who remains he's talking about the multiversal war which is also a theme that is reverberated throughout hickman's avengers is a multiversal war with annihilus existing outside the flow of time and basically it's not the void i can't exactly remember what the name of the negative zone yeah existing in the negative zone which is outside the bounds of these universes man like this is just i feel like this is kind of setting that up in a way potentially and if it is definitely i would expect to see some version of steve rogers and tony stark back in this in this mcu whether it's Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans or not, I would say I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that pop off again because of where they're going to be going, and that also opens up the door for Thanos to come back, but a different version of Thanos, like a, a version that's 
equally as sinister as where we left off with him. Right. So Gary Coleman's version. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I would say almost more so sinister than where we left off with him in the MCU. Um, Yeah, man. And you, you like you, you said it and it just, it made me smile, you know, thinking about the X-Men and the fantastic four and this is where they could pop off and, all these other things more real now yeah everything just seems so much more like attainable to see in this in this universe um man this was just it's beautiful more beautiful. congratulations um we didn't catch it first by any means but we were able to write the ship last episode miss minutes was sneaky mm-hmm. she was always weird yeah something odd about her and we didn't really catch it too early but we were like, okay, what does she know? There's something going on there. <laughs> we, and it seems like she's really just that paperclip from Word. Mm-hmm. Yes. But she knows Bill Gates. Yeah. Like like he created the paperclip. Yeah. Right. That's a good... Uh, Microsoft. What? Was he in Microsoft, a little paperclip? Pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, and uh, she, she's just sure. a an, an extension of he who remains in file digital form yeah so she almost she has her own personality in a way but it's really just like a a version of of him which i guess she's kind of kang nobody else like nobody in the series is not some version or variant of kang at this point what i find interesting too is um you know he talked he talked about the multiple versions of him and so so the the interesting thing that leaves these things like these uh questions that that could come in immediately would be like well well, how do you stop this from happening you know what i mean like how how does a reed richards or uh you know insert hero here dr strange whoever how do you stop this like how do you prevent Kang from coming and destroying everything how do you stave it off how do you protect your own universe that's the questions that I think are immediately should be going through your brain and to that I would say this too though the way that it was explained is that there's so many different versions of Kang but yet what do all of them pretty much want they all pretty much want to be the leader of everything they want to conquer something else and take it over I think in some point, whether it's an Ant-Man or a Doctor Strange, whatever, I think at some point that could be a scene that plays out, is that they just like open up different portals and all of these Kangs Kangs. and you have the Council of Kangs, because that was a thing in the comics as a Council of Kangs, even though it was much more like kind of peaceful, you could do something that's like a nod to the Council of Kangs, but they're all like basically like the Spider-Man meme, like you, (laughs) like, and they just try to annihilate each other. You know we've seen that trying before? to become the top. You know where we've seen that before? That sounds familiar. Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. The that Council does, of Ricks. Yeah, the Council of Ricks. Yeah. What a. I wonder if they took inspiration from the Council of Kings. Probably. Uh, there's so many councils in Marvel. The Council of Reeds. The Council of Kings. <laughs> so, but I but I think that that's a thing. I, I think that that's something that you could see potentially in. Uh, it would make sense if it was in a Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness type movie where you see like 
an ungodly amount of <laughs> uh, Jonathan Majors just on the screen at one time. I wouldn't complain. No. Just Good looking dude, too. Going so I'm crazy. sure there's a lot of people out there that would not complain at all. <laughs> yeah. I, that It's amazing how, like, like it makes sense you cast attractive people but like the mcu's attractive uh, d- level yes, for their yeah. stars their is stars pretty, is insane pretty annoying to be yeah, very very annoying it's really annoying it, it is how am i supposed to relate to this guy dude you cast the goofy guy as paul rudd who's like one right. of the all-time hotties in, in hollywood <laughs> right like what is young this? forever what is this star lord is freaking wow i, know. Come I get on, it with man. thor you know like, even drax <laughs> is Captain Dave Batista. <laughs> Like, come on, man. Drax like, is what? jacked, man. Dude, what What are yeah. these unreal expectations? A, a green alien you cast Zoe Saldana. Okay. Wow. All right. Wow. Even Nebula. I know. Is, oh, come on. You look dude. at Karen Gillum in like uh, Jumanji or something. You're right. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, right. Ridiculous. Like, okay. Like, okay. That, there's your Council of Kang. Even right Rocket just... is cast as freaking, <laughs> what's his Bradley name? Cooper. It's Bradley Cooper. Like, right. what the heck? That's handsome Rocket like... or racket, <laughs> Raccoon ever. <laughs> This is so crazy. How am I supposed to do anything, man? Like, how yeah. am I supposed to exist? <laughs> uh, and I'm guessing a lot of people drew that Willy Wonka comparison between uh, Jonathan Majors. He who I don't remains. know. I think people would. It seems so obvious to me that I was almost expecting a room to start shrinking. <laughs> it's like he was bouncing all around. Um, he was he was eccentric, but he was he was kind of floating around the truth but ultimately he was telling you like accurate things and and he owns he has so much power mm-hmm. and he wants to give it up and he said i'm i'm old you know and how old do you think well he's so old you can't even it's... tell he said millions of years yeah but do you remember he said i think it was the 31st century yes. that the multiversal war began yeah that's uh and that's right so that would mean that that's You're interesting. You're like 3,000 something. What's that? You're what, what 3,000 so, something? Yeah, yeah, around there. So that's interesting to me because Stark kind of figured out time travel, mm-hmm. which would kind of spawn you know, other universes, but the TVA has been there to clean it up the whole time. Mm. So what w- what happened in that century where like because you know where i'm going with this like apparently the tva wasn't really established before that no because he established the tva post 31st century but then somehow the tva exists now in this reality so is this a reality that just always existed among the other realities and then he closed every other reality and then started this one over somehow or like mm, no. how did he establish the TVA for all of existence in a reality where existence has already been played out? Here's the is there some comic reference for that. Here's the thing that's kind of interesting with that is that if you are in the future and you have the ability to travel back in time. So what we saw basically what we saw with Avengers Endgame was just barely anything in in terms of time travel like that was nothing in terms of what actual time travel it was a to b yeah and it was very quick and they had their job and that was it get in get out don't screw things up right kang the 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 the, where you're where we're kind of seeing this differently 
Kang existing in the 31st century being way ahead uh, and going back in time to snip these branches, going the going back in time for him part and snipping these branches and creating the TVA and all of that kind of negates what would have happened. We would have never seen what actually happened. Like, basically, it's saying Kang has always... Kang and He Who Remains and the TVA, they have always existed since we have been watching this go from day one, 2008, Iron Man, all the way to this. They've always existed. Right. But it's because of him. So we actually never would have seen anything play out in which, you know, time travel was done this, and then all of a sudden, you know, all this other stuff pops off in between in-game and when he's born... Or comes to life, whatever. Yeah. Um, Spawned. Yeah. We would never have seen that because that's all been done away with because he went back in time and did all of this other stuff to set up the TVA and, and, and get everything, you know, right. in one linear path. It's kind of a chicken and egg thing, too. Because yeah. Because it is. If it's, if it's one reality, if it's his reality, he won. Apparently, he, he was the, the winner of the Kang War. f- wars. Yeah. And then. <laughs> Um, and then said, I'm going to set things straight. I'm going to take care of this one reality to keep from all the different realities uh, from fighting because it's inevitable mm-hmm. that everybody's going to discover each other and start fighting. So he established the TVA and then at that point went back in time within his own reality to reset the timeline to the point where he had control over what was happening for that foreseeable future my question is does that create a separate alternate universe where he actually instead of staying in that first reality maybe he stepped into his own reality yeah and then just created from scratch like like plato yeah that would definitely do it because let's let's think about this even farther yeah there are infinite amounts of universes right so there are or infinite amounts of times in which he did the wrong thing yeah or he clipped a branch that shouldn't have been or did something that was like oh wait that's not the right thing the coolest thing i think that might come to some marvel fans or like kind of like maybe they weren't comic fans maybe they're strictly mcu fans and have only seen the movies one thing that I think is kind of cool about this situation is that like there's that question because we've all we were all like 10 years old once and we're all like oh this this superhero is the best or this superhero is the best because of that and there's always an, there's always a reason and a good reason for them to be that best superhero right the question would be is he who remains or Kang or Immortus the most powerful being then in the MCU to this point or even that farther we've seen because of what he's done. I mean, think about this for a second. Where did all of those infinity stones come from that were in the TVA? It's because of him basically because it's his rock yeah, collection. It's his rock collection. And we saw that with Miss Minutes too. Like when Miss Minutes pops in, she's like, you know what? You can go back in time and kill Thanos. If you want, we can make that happen for you and we can give right. you the infinity gauntlet and Asgard. So, by default, so far from what we've seen, he's the most powerful thing. Easily. Easily. 
because of how quickly he can just snap things. Yeah. It's I mean, not even snapping them. It's just clipping it's things out of existence. It's not even power either. It's no. just the ability to control everything. Yeah, it's, is, not, it's no question. It's like He's Dr. Strange. the most Strange. powerful being we've ever seen. Right. It's like above Dr. Dormammu, Strange. Above above yeah. anything we've seen, no doubt. Yeah. Um, and that's, that is crazy to me that we're, we're getting into this right. so quickly because and there's steps to take still. Yeah. And, and once again, we're, we're getting into those things where like, he's really not, you know what I mean? Like we're not even getting introduced to some other characters that exist out there that are equally, you know, what's even crazier. He was introduced in a TV show about yeah. a dead character. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Excuse me. Yep. What is happening? You know. Yeah. Wait, I mean, they're not afraid, and we found recently that Kevin Feige said Agatha will return. Mm-hmm. Like these TV shows are for real. Yes. We somewhat underestimated the impact that they were going to have on the future of the MCU because this one. I think we did. Yeah. This one's crazy. This one um, drastically impacts everything going forward. Absolutely. And I think we've gotten our emotions out for the most part. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go through the story. Let's go through the, the show and just kind of go through what happened and see if anything piques our interest, if anything that you know we want to talk about. Um, so we, we talked about the opening Marvel. What uh, is that even called? Intro thing. Yeah. Yeah. The intro, uh, the Marvel intro. And they are all of a sudden they're at this place we we talked about the words and the, the phrases the things you see you see that little place that they're at mm. and we see the timeline which you may or may not know is the timeline immediately but you know it's something weird going on there mm. and this place was made of like black rock in, in almost it almost seemed like that was kind of all that there was you know like it was so simple there was not a lot to it. The castle was broken up. Um, they get to the door and Sylvie is like hyperventilating because she's for however many years has been wanting to get to this point. And they they call back to when she kicked the door down. She's like, should I do it? Tell me not to if I shouldn't. And Loki, the different person that we never knew before is like the calm, cool, collected one. Just chilling. He's like, let's kind of just do your thing let's let's think this through a little bit and then let's go in and the door the door opens automatically mm-hmm. and they step through this thing and by the way the the door was like broken apart kind of it had like branches on it there was a lot of i can't like lead into the breaking of a timeline in this episode yeah i can't really think of the name off the top of my head but somebody who's listening to this is probably thinking of this thing but this is initially what i thought when i saw all this stuff mm-hmm uh, there is this ancient like Japanese tradition of like taking things that are broken and pus- putting them back together. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we actually saw this in pop culture most recently in Star Wars Episode Nine. Kylo Ren smashes his helmet and it's destroyed and then he puts it back together and there's just like the red outline of the little broken pieces that he's put back together. That's exactly what I thought of when I saw this like castle because it was like trimmed in gold mm-hmm. where it kind of looked like it had been kind of put back together and the planet or whatever this is that it is floating on kind of, it looked destroyed and dismembered. And it was yeah. like, it made me think to maybe this was like a previous version of Chronopolis that existed 
and sure it was just kind of destroyed and he who remains was just like you know what i'm the only one that should be left here whatever like this is mine like get rid of Renslayer, get rid of everything yeah. else that exists here it's just me boom done and maybe that's where he kept his monuments initially but had them kind of move to the void or something when yeah could no longer retain all of it mm -hmm. it was it was an odd little place where it, it was so simplistic it was just him and his castle mm -hmm. um and then miss minutes having the ability to go back and forth and you can kind of understand why he would be so tired and lonely at this point yeah um do you think those breakages were from perhaps somebody who once opposed him um possibly it could have just been other kings that popped <laughs> off uh, right. which is easily like, hate it when your family just pops up on you like that. <laughs> yeah. Hate it when you pop up on yourself like that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I didn't know I was coming. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who let me in? <laughs> right. Christ. He's his own butler. He's his own. Yeah. Oh my yeah. Gosh. Um, but yeah, it, it could be that he's had intruders in the past and he talks about later how somebody's finally here and it's you two, but, I have a feeling maybe there was people that weren't worthy in the past that made it through. Mm -hmm. um, they get in the door and they're looking around. It was actually pretty cool. It, it was like there was colors all around. They were, again, it was like very yeah. brackety and looked like breakages on something. And um, that is kind of when they're met with Miss Minutes or by Miss Minutes. And she pretty much offers them anything they could possibly want she yeah. says we'll give you the ability to rule asgard like you said the infinity stones you can kill thanos yeah and you can see loki's brain going hmm that's cool okay that's interesting but he never bought at all and interestingly enough sylvie may have wanted that she might have taken the deal but she didn't trust her mm -hmm. she was like no she didn't trust anything <laughs> this right. episode and so neither of them, they basically said no deal. And Miss Minutes disappears later. We would find her with Rensselaer. But then the door is opening. And that's mm. where I'm sitting in the couch going, oh, God, what is about to happen? Like, who are you about to see? And what was your first thought when we see, you know, we know it's he who remains because she used the name. Yeah. But when you see Jonathan Majors step out, like, how cool was that? <clears throat> it was really cool. And, and and we talked about this, you know, briefly before we, we started this podcast uh, episode. But um, Marvel does this really cool thing where they take these characters from the past or they take these characters from the comic books that are kind of like uh, not irrelevant, but like kind of obscure. Yeah. And they take these characters and they kind of expand on them and make them something different. And sometimes it works really, really well. And I think in this case, it worked really, really well. And um, I would actually, I would say probably 95% of the time when they do something like this, it works really well. Um, and I wanted to touch on this just for a second, mm -hmm. just to get it out there, because there has to be some sort of like uh, opposite end of this spectrum. Um, and I would say that it would probably be... Uh, and we're going to get into spoilers here, but Black Widow. Uh, the opposite end of the spectrum would definitely be Black Widow. Um, because to me, and this is just me, honestly, and in my heart of hearts, I truly didn't really have a problem with the Taskmaster reveal. 
Okay. I didn't really have a massive problem with it. I could see where there would be, though. And that's the part that's like, oh, I see. Because to the mass audience, that would be the one instance maybe in which they failed. Sure. At taking a character that was not even obscure because Taskmaster is not obscure. But taking that character and kind of changing it up or changing something to make it fit the story better. To me, the way that they did Taskmaster fit the story. And it fit what they were trying to tell. And I think that if they expanded on that too much and they made it like, you know, just Taskmaster, you know, the typical Taskmaster that we know and love, it might not have fit as well to the Mm -hmm. movie as it would have if that Taskmaster is not, uh, what's his name's daughter, right? So, um, yeah, I just wanted to get that out there because I think it had to be this way because I think what they did in this episode with Jonathan Majors being He Who Remains, it, it works perfectly because, like I said, it's like they're kind of drawing from both sides. They're drawing from the Immortus character. They're drawing from the He Who Remains character and kind of merging it into one, but also making Jonathan Majors and Kang even more like crazy and even more cool like they're expanding on that character a little bit even more so i i think that this was a massive w for uh marvel in terms of taking a character from obscure obscurity and trying to make it like pump some life into it a little more yeah and it allowed us to see jonathan majors in a role very similar to what he'll be playing as far as personnel but probably a completely different personality we're going to see from the next Absolutely. one who's going to be much more demented, devious, uh, vengeful. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, he tells us, if you don't like me, if you think I'm bad, yeah, just wait. Um, so, yeah, I was I was so excited when I saw him come across the screen. For a second, to be honest, I was like, that's Jonathan Majors, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I was it, like, he wait. was kind of zoomed out, and I was like, hmm. Because, you know, I knew – like the Immortus stuff with Kang, because I looked it up, but I didn't really know too many ties between He Who Remains and Kang. So I was a little bit like, wait, where are we going with this? Right, right. Um, but then I kind of got it. And then he's like, hey, um, come into my office. Come with me through this uh, on this elevator. Ironically, he takes the elevator and Sylvie does the stupid, uh, not if I kill you first kind right, of thing. Right. Swings and misses. And he's like, this is. He's so not threatened that he doesn't even, like, really leave at first. He's just, like, moving left and right three feet. Not know, even back really acknowledging it. No, he's just like, are you really going to do this? You know, it's like it's like a little kid that, like, throws a Lego at your, <laughs> like, bulletproof vest. And you're like, really? Yeah. Like, that's that's what you got? Um, and so they're, they're taking this elevator down to his, his uh, office. And it was hilarious because... Eventually, he just got tired of her, and he said, okay, I'll just go to my office. I don't need the <laughs> elevator. Um, and so he, he enters there, and he asks them to have a seat. He pours a little drink for them. Um, and you may or may not have caught this. Uh, before they met He Who Remains, I believe there was three timekeeper statues, and the one that was broken, was there four? There was one that was one broken. That was broken. I would assume that was the one who was decapitated. Uh no. Because to not? me, to me, there were four. One, one was broken, and then okay. there was the other three that were still standing. Right. 
which would make sense because there were three timekeepers. But the fourth is the one that's kind of interesting. You, okay, because so it you was think like there broken. was a totally separate thing, maybe one yeah, that existed before? I, I think that there was. It was I've like only a watched it once. So. Yeah, I think there was like a square. So it was like okay. two here, two here. And there were the three that were the timekeepers, and then there was one that was in the corner that was like broken. Gotcha. And you could see like part of it on the floor. Like I right wonder if that is Kang. Maybe I would because imagine. This, he who remains, and we'll get more into this, but he started. For one, he called both of them Loki, which ticked her off because she's not she doesn't like to go by Loki. Right. Um, and he probably knew that. I mean, he did know that. He knows all. Oh, he knows everything. Um, yeah. And he basically proceeds to tell them. Um, you have no free will. I've told you to do everything you've ever done your entire life, including come here to kill me. Mm-hmm. And that infuriates them. They're not digging that. And we've seen that before in this series where they're like, no, you don't control me. I control me. And then they like, he did it again in this scene. Like he prints off a piece of paper and shows the exact dialogue they just had because it was already like predetermined. Oh, that's the funny thing is he just pulls it out of a file. That's right. Like just a file that's chilling, already like, like filed away yeah, underneath some books or something. Yes. Like it's just like, Oh, here it is. And he says, <laughs> I know exactly what's going to happen today. I know why you're here. I know how you got here because I made you come here and it just drives them crazy. Yeah. And they're both sitting there with their swords out looking kind of foolish because they can't kill this guy if he wants to stay alive. So they really should just sip their tea or whatever that is and go on about their business. But, He's essentially presenting himself as a conqueror, a jerk, he who remains, uh, all kinds of things. He was basically saying, I have a lot of names, okay? And I'm not going to tell you exactly who I am because if he does have, and he, he does in the MCU, have this relation to Kang, it's something he does not like. He doesn't seem to think he thinks he's the good guy in a way, and he thinks Kang um, and all these conquerors in the past were the ones who created this war and were the bad ones, and he was the one that fixed it. By the end of it, he kind of acknowledges that he's done some evil things, but I think he thinks he's the hero in this story. He does, and this is where I would say that he kind of is uh, because, once again, it's kind of pulling from that Immortus story to me uh, in that he realizes that the Kang version of him is evil. Uh, and also that like, there's, there's, there's bigger things than himself. And he kind of takes in this role of like saying, well, if I know all of this stuff about the universe and all of these different universes, then I need to be the one to protect everybody. So it is a very like dictator type thing to do. Um, but in a way he's trying to protect people from their own downfall. And that own downfall is actually his, <laughs> like he's just trying to protect them from himself and, uh, also trying to keep everything <laughs> right. <laughs> why am i like this yes. <laughs> um i have to get myself to change <laughs> yeah. um yeah there's i mean it's a it's a complex narrative this is exactly what you would expect from marvel but and yeah Kang, he's he's that matter he's definitely in the wrong in stripping free will away but also once again and we see this later in the episode right in the sense that 
we don't know what else is out there. He does. Right. So like, and we've heard that mm. a lot in the MCU. You don't, yep. you don't understand why I have to do this. Yeah. It's almost always from a villain. Yeah. And almost always that villain is defeated. And to be honest, almost always it gets worse. It does get worse. <laughs> Ultron. Yeah. It gets worse. Thanos now already it's, it's getting worse. What probably. led to Ultron? Yeah. You know? Yeah. All these things, every time they try to fix <laughs> something, uh, Vision said something like fighting, uh, we conflict draw, always yeah yeah fight, right dominance or power attracts conflict yeah so yeah. having the biggest army just makes you the biggest target what is it you conflict know? incites catastrophe something i don't, something I don't remember like that some some really and awesome it's true moment. and it's playing out at a cosmic scale now yeah um yeah i mean we've seen the infinity saga where all of uh, all universes lost half their population that seems not that big of a deal <laughs> compared to uh, multiversal war you know mm-hmm. so uh, initially he was kind of just showing them the power that he has the responsibility that he has and slowly buttering them up saying like we said before I would uh, you basically have two choices here today and your choice has been made up for you because I've already selected what you're going to do basically at first um, you're either going to kill me and you can release all these these kings and all these all my variants that are much worse than me are going to assume this void and he also uh, said or you could rule the tva under my power um where i could offload some of my you know burden to you and then kind of a third conversation that was taking place that entire time was um, Loki and Sylvie, Sylvie assuming that Loki maybe would backstab her mm. and assume the power of the he who remains or somebody who's in that position. Uh, and we were talking about this briefly before the podcast because it's a little bit gray area with how exactly that would work, especially if he dies releasing the multiverse. I'm not sure how a Loki could keep their hands on the throne of something mm. that Kang would want. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sylvie, and we we talked about this too, she, she was really easy to hate this episode because she was so blinded by her own mistrust and rage, uh, rage that she chose mm. the wrong thing time and time again. And throughout this series, it seemed like she was evolving, and Loki definitely did evolve to a point where we trusted Loki somehow. (laughs) And at this point, we could not trust Sylvia anymore because she no longer was seeing reason at all. She was just seeing a liar everywhere she turned. And so this battle ensued between the two of them, leading to a sword fight where Kang really just kicked his legs back, got some popcorn, and watched the two go at it. This is uh, interesting to me because it seemed like last episode things were fine. You know what I mean? Like, so something happened within them entering and them going to this place. And that's what I kind of am very intrigued about because it just seemed like that switch happened abruptly, a little too abruptly to me. Um, because last episode they were cuddling up under a blanket that he had just like you know created out of thin air you know what I mean and they were cool and everything seemed fine and we're gonna do this together and 
We can trust each other. We saw them enchant Eliath together. Like they obviously trusted each other. And then they get to this place. And then all of a sudden, all that trust went right out the window for Sylvie. So it was like, what's going on here? So like to me, that was a big red flag. Because it's like, huh, something's not right with Sylvie. Like something doesn't seem right. And maybe it is her drive to finish what she started. But maybe it's something else. Because it seems kind of crazy to just abruptly change like that for really no reason. Um, you know, there are some kind of crazy reveals that happen there, you know, with like, uh, Miss Minutes being there that kind of probably threw them off a little bit, but also, uh, he who remains just being a a dude, like just, (laughs) it's not even some crazy being like a Lyoth or something that's holding down the fort at the end of time. It's just another dude. It's a guy with an apple. Right. So... Uh, that, that was kind of confusing to me for a little minute. Um, the fighting was really cool. I will say that like the, the fighting was awesome between the two of them. Uh, and man, like he who remains like this whole character of being in that position of saying, you know what, this is everything like he was spilling his guts out. He was literally telling them everything from his beginning to what he found to what started the multiversal war, how he made it out, what he's done. Uh, Not enchanting, but enchanting is the wrong word to use, but enchanting Eliath to be the protector of his realm. He like took him somehow from where he was. Because he said that he was um, the only way he could kind of snip these branches was to destroy them and the one thing that ate things <laughs> was a was lie right yeah. so um yeah really 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 interesting stuff um and i think that it's spawned all these questions now as to like you know are we getting one king are we getting multiple kings in the future is the Ant-Man Kang going to be the one Kang that we get. Yeah. Like, and that'll be really interesting. Cause it, I would love to see Jonathan majors take on multiple roles. Yeah. I think, I think it, it's almost, I think they'd be doing themselves a disservice by not having him play multiple roles or multiple Kangs or Kang and Immortus in the future. Uh, and all these other things. Um, so yeah, I think that that's, I could just see, yeah. honestly, just many different Kangs that pop up. Um, you know, they have the technology where you can do that quite easily. Mm-hmm. And he'll be mostly um, CGI once he becomes the Kang we know. Um, and will learn to hate or love. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. With the CGI. You think is. they could? It seemed like they were going into a... Because he did the thing where he like flicked off the, it was almost like claymation, where like he kind right. of like flicked yeah, off the little piece. The thing and then there's, yeah. yeah, and then the, the the history playing out. You think it'll be closer to like Drax? No, it, it's a. Uh, I think so it's more think wardrobe than anything. It okay. looked like because no blue from, skin though. I don't know. Uh, maybe, I just it, it, the way that it was presented to us in that scene where you know you're you're seeing the history play out. 
it didn't seem like he was wearing anything that was like traditional Kang. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was very much like it was just like a wardrobe change. Like, and even when we see the statue in the end, it was basically just him in a robe with like a little like crown or something on his head. Not even a crown. It was like a no, crown had, of thorns or something. That was yeah, like on and, his and head. he just had like regular, like kind of like buzzed hair. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. So it, I think it's possible that it's just like, a, and we've seen this play out many times too with with wardrobe changes from comic to MCU. Uh, so it would it wouldn't be, I, I don't think that that's something to, to to look at negatively if it's not the typical. Uh, look for King the Conqueror. Don't keep it close. But, but I think do. they would kind of, yeah. Uh, you know, if it is just like a wardrobe thing, I would definitely expect to see like the purple and the green, stuff like that. Right. Well, and what I saw from Sylvie, I didn't have any suspicions of things happening in between because honestly, I never really trusted her. Um, she always seemed like she was using Loki as a means to an end because she was so untrusting. And I did believe that they liked each other, but I think anything besides accomplishing her goal was an impediment to her reaching her goal. Mm -hmm. That's honestly what I was getting from her. And she obviously cared about him, but him going soft on her a little bit showed that he wasn't ready for her lifestyle. Like she is unforgiving. She's never had friends like, if you've ever tried to reach out to somebody who absolutely doesn't know how to take any kind of help, they will reject it until their life is over. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard. And you're dealing with somebody who has like millions of years experiencing that or hundreds of thousands, if not millions. So she's, she's a being that's been around for quite a while that has so much pro- She feels like her life was ripped away by this agency and he created the agency that did it to her. Yeah. So to me, it wasn't so much of like, what's wrong with her? It was just like, oh crap, she has tunnel vision. She's got the laser eyes focused on that guy. So, um, you know, I, it's it's interesting. Anytime we see things a little bit differently, it usually means we're either both incredibly wrong <laughs> or, or one right. of us is yeah. like seeing something more true to the uh, story that they're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. Usually you. <laughs> no. I, I usually lo- no. lose the mini battles. I get a lot of things right, but I usually lose the mini battles too. The one but thing to be fair, is, you have watched it twice, and I watched it once, and I'm giddy from still watching it, so I haven't had time to come down from it. The one thing, uh, I, I, I like yours a lot better because it makes more sense. It's more emotional. And I think that that's kind like, of what they were going for with that character uh, is that her life was kind of stripped from her, from the TVA, and he's the guy that's responsible for it, so... Um, which is still begs the question of why we never yeah. got that with Sylvie. And we that's why never I got the be part of the second season because I think yeah. it's going to be more of of her story. And I hope it is. I hope so. Um, I once again we kind of saw things a little differently there, but I, I'm kind of in this state where I'm kind of like open to whatever, but I have just a, a suspicion of what could be. But um, yeah. Well, in the meantime. There was something going on back at the TVA. Mm. Uh, Renslayer was in her office and Mobius just like walked in. (laughs) Um, And also uh, simultaneously 
through the conversation between those two, we find out that Hunter B B15 is showing different TVA agents, hey, come with me. Or actually, she's basically baiting them into coming to where she was a, a principal or something at a high school yeah, or something like that. There was a and uh, she attended Ohio State University, was on her diploma. Um, <laughs> and that pencil that somebody pointed out on the internet, I can't remember who it was, which probably a lot of people, we didn't really go over that specifically. The, the pen or the pencil that was from that high school that Mobius said, hey, is this one of your little trophies? Um, that was from where she worked. That was her yeah. real life. Which makes me wonder if the jet ski magazine is kind of like one you get one article or something when you come to the TVA to, you know, keep your hope alive or something. <laughs> but she was a, a, an administrator, a faculty member there. And Hunter B-15 is like, no, look, that's not who you think it is. And so she's slowly getting the whole TVA on her side. Mobius lets her know this. And she and him get in this conversation about betrayal, which mirrors Loki's um, conversation about betrayal almost yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And so everybody thinks somebody's betraying somebody. And Renslayer is saying, we've we've been working for eons together and you changed because of two Lokis. And he's saying, you knew something was wrong. You knew there was issues. You know, we have real lives. You know, you have a real life. And she didn't do anything about it. So they got in this fight and it's interesting and there's layers to this because mm -hmm. Renslayer early in the episode they don't do these things for no reason she looked at the what was it coffee or whatever um, drink stain on the, the desk or the table and she just looked at it mm -hmm. almost as if to say man I killed my friend you know Yeah. Uh, it, it could be something different but that's what I took from it mm -hmm. and so when he came back in the room I think part of her was relieved and she said why am I not surprised you're back pretty much yeah um, and so their conversation kind of was a little, it ended a little abruptly, but this all makes sense in the end. Mm -hmm. She leaves, she takes a tempad and goes somewhere else. And she said, she's looking for free will or trying to find free will. Yeah. Do you have an idea of where she went? I do not, but I would assume that season two, uh, We'll, we'll get a lot of answers to that. But I, I think that the thing with this is um, two things come to mind. And we'll get to one later, so I'm not going to say it. But, like, uh, I thought it was just really cool that, that Hunter B-15 is, like, taking all these other agents to the, the school and showing them and all this stuff like that. Um, something happens later on in the episode as it, you know, comes to the TVA. Yeah, we'll get to and that. I, and I'm like... And that was, and, and I noticed it right episode. away. The sorry, first episode, bad. yeah, first, first, first go through the episode. I was like, wait, something's not right here. As soon as it happened, and I like had to pat myself on the back for a minute because I was like, man, you got it right. <laughs> Your instincts are on point right now. But um, yeah, uh, that was such a cool scene to me because um. I don't know. It was almost like, uh, well, when they get into the little skirmish, it's like Mobius knew he was going to lose. So he was putting a lot of trust in her to like actually act on free will. Right. So it was almost as if he kind of knew things going ahead, of, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, 
Yeah, I'm very curious to see where she goes. Um, and I'm also curious to see if we get anything between her and Jonathan Majors on screen. That would right. be neat because I think that has to happen. Well, and we haven't truly met Kang yet, so I would assume Yeah. I would assume she would play a future role in that. And I had forgotten about the little fight skirmish because it was so quick. It was literally yeah. just old man Mobius like, <laughs> yeah. he like falls and she grabs the thing and goes, all right, get out of my way. I don't want to kill you. <laughs> and so she opens the temp pad and gets out of there. Um, which leads us to really the uh, he who remains final act. Mm. And by act, I truly mean act, not thing Mm. (laughs) he was he was playing his Willy Willy Wonka part and he kind of starts revealing even more he's telling them all about um, what will happen if they choose one of these options that he's given them and the more he says the more Sylvie seems to mistrust him but he's telling both of them if you kill me it will get ugly. Yeah. It will get really bad, and Loki is starting to believe him. I don't know if he was all in on it at first, but I think the more he heard from him, he he understood it. And he said something interesting to um, Sylvie that you can't trust and I can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, we're in a pickle. Yeah. Um, and finally, he basically you know he won't let her kill him Mm-mm. because he knows this is going to be really bad and she expresses her love for him basically they they kiss and you feel like for a moment okay maybe they work things out and then halfway through that kiss you start to think uh oh yep <laughs> yep like you could feel it coming yeah she was like you knew she was going to kill him because of all the things that are coming in the MCU. You knew he was about to go and you knew Kang had to come. And if he's at bay right now, um, then something has to happen to trigger his existence. Mm -hmm. So we knew he, she was going to get to him somehow. She kisses him, uses the tempad, the little, you know, wrist thing and mm -hmm. pushes him through the TVA timeline back to the actual TVA before slicing into Mr. Remain's chest, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously leads to the complete breakage of the timeline just outside the tower and leads us to the TVA kind of going bonkers with, oh my God, everything is ruined. Yeah, <laughs> The timelines are branching and they don't know what happened. Nobody knows what happened except for Loki. Mm-hmm. And so we get back to the TVA and this was the spooky mm. Twilight Zone yeah. moment of the episode. Do, 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 it was crazy. Do, do, do. This was such a great ending. It was the best ending Because ever. he goes back to the TVA. For one, I liked how many bookshelves there were. Yeah. Like he kept walking by. I was like, is he in an infinite time loop again? Because he literally walked by like four bookshelves. And I'm like, why so many bookshelves? He finally, uh, you know, notices oh my God, she she killed him. And she, he goes to tell these two people that he's gotten to know, Hunter B-15 and Mobius, and they don't know who he is. Mm. They're like, Man. who are you? Yeah. <laughs> who 
are you? <laughs> and he is beside himself, and then he looks out and sees the, the statue, statue of King. what was he who remains and is now likely to be Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. I what mean. A, what a goat whoa, ending. Yeah. That's crazy. They didn't know who. I did not see that coming. So, so where I got tipped off that this was coming was uh, when Loki starts running, when he gets to the TVA and he starts running, all the other agents are actually running too. He bumps into several and they're like, they don't, they no sell it. They keep running. Yep. And that's what tipped me off is like, okay, that's Loki. They know who he is, but they bumped into him and they're like, ah, no, you know, we're, we're good. And it's not even that the moment is more important. They know Loki, <laughs> so they would know that he would know something's up. So they would take him in, or they would do something, yeah, right? Yeah, they'd arrest him. Right. <laughs> something. He bumps into them, and all this stuff happens. Twice. Uh, yeah, and just the, the, the actions presented by the TVA, why all of a sudden is Mobius concerned about the timeline being branched off? Like, where we've left him off at, he was fine. He was cool with it because it was free will. Boom. All of a sudden is different. Everything's a little switched up and, uh, wow. What an ending. What an <laughs> I ending. didn't see that with Gavin. No, it was so cool. There's two ways that I would look at this ending. Uh, and we, we talked about one, uh, one would be that Kang came back and killed Sylvie and that's Kang's statue. Number two would be that that is he who remains statue and remembrance of his life and that King is still on the verge of coming. Like he's about to be here. You know what I mean? Like he's about to make his presence felt. And I think that that's where we'll pick it up with uh, maybe Multiverse of Madness. Or uh, I don't think they would wait as long as Ant-Man for that. I know he's an Ant-Man, but like I don't think they're going to wait that long to do this. So I think it would be a multiverse of The fact that he ended up being introduced basically in this show really lends credence to the fact that he's going to be the next big dad. Yeah. I really, really believe now that he is on track to be a multi-movie villain, which does not exist outside of the big boys, you know, the top three. And what I think is really interesting, all those people that were talking about Endgame are right. How crazy is that? They took one line Tony Stark said in Endgame and were like, oh, that's Kang. And here we are. Kang is the next big bad. What was the line? Uh, Well, you know, when you mess with time, sometimes time messes back. Right, 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 right. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, Tony always kind of knew things. And we talked about before that he may have even met Kang in another, another life. Yeah. Uh, so... I mean, when you go back in time, you never know what's about to happen. And no. Tony was aware of that. So I, I'm not surprised. And I'm definitely not surprised that people are, are taking that into consideration, too. Yeah. And, um, man, like, I, we're, we're not prepared, man. We are not. We are not prepared. Uh, if we get into a multiversal war with the MCU man is this going to be tough like you thought seeing iron man die was tough man oof this is you're, you're no one's prepared for i'm telling you man no one is prepared for this this is 
It's not going to be as bad as if they took Infinity Gauntlet and put it on the big screen, but it's going to be pretty close because there's going to be some themes and things that we get into that are just completely, it's too tough. It's too tough to handle, man. Um, Can't wait. One thing that I'm interested in too is, uh, so we, we've heard some reports and this is kind of like a news and notes kind of thing to talk about, but we had heard, we had heard some some rumors from uh, I can't remember the actress's name she's very very good actress and she's in the MCU she's uh, T'Challa's mom right I can't remember her name yeah I can't place it right now um she said something along the lines of like the Black Panther uh script had been rewritten like two three four times already yeah um makes me think of wow maybe this is what's kind of pushes that into a different direction in which maybe Maybe you're right. Maybe Killmonger does come back, but is like good guy Black Panther now. Or like maybe something else happens along the lines. Uh maybe maybe I'm right in that Namor is going to destroy most of Wakanda in Black Panther 2, which forces Shuri to become Black Panther or what whatever. Like there are a lot of things Don't put me on the Killmonger sh- Killmonger train. <laughs> that's, that's not my theory. I don't know where you got I like Killmonger, but I don't Do think he's coming back. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm I think for Namor. I think that um, man, this is just gonna open the door for for so many possibilities to happen with these movies now that I, it and it's stupid because we should have seen this coming. <laughs> like we predicted this after Endgame, right? That like oh Loki taking this the stone was was such a massive massive impact to what's going to happen later on in the MCU and we're like here we are years later like yeah let's reel it back in and and say that eh, it's just going to introduce maybe Kang in the end credit scene or or whatever no they just said no we're going to use a freaking cast iron skillet and bonk you over the head with it and like lay out all this crazy stuff for the MCU now anything's possible like man uh, I'm curious though how how this all works right because <laughs> that's a, that's Mobius, a good way to put it <laughs> Mobius is in the right headspace and then all of a sudden doesn't know who Loki is yep. after she kills him so it makes me think Hmm. Like, are we, is Loki on a branch reality now that stemmed out f- far, far, like, uh, back in time? Well, like maybe like Sylvie even, had the temp pad that sent him back. So yeah. it, it's in, possible he went to a different reality on her yes, jurisdiction because I wanted to talk authority. Sorry. I wanted to talk about that because that's not just any temp pad. That's, that's the ultimate temp pad. <laughs> She could she have sent, sent him, him to, Jimmy to Neutron Land. Yeah, she could have sent him to a completely different Jimmy universe. Neutron. Like, arf, arf. you know, what? Like, wow, that's mm, yeah, I hadn't thought about that because that was like, that was his. The, yeah, that was the original Timpad. Yeah, right. That was the one that started it all. Yeah, and she was using it, so maybe she didn't even know the power of it and right. how to use it necessarily. Um, but yeah, I guess. Unless you were going to make the story very centered on Renslayer and Mobius and B-15, 
I, it does kind of make sense to just reset those two because now there there's a redemption story to be had in season two mm-hmm. to kind of rescue Mobius because honestly, Loki at this point probably knows there's only so much he can do to help this multiverse thing. Like it's done. It's, it's yeah. happened. Yeah. And so he probably has a sense of loyalty. Now that we have this new Loki, this truly seems changed. Um, he doesn't want to leave Mobius and B-15 in this, especially Mobius, in this catatonic state. Mm-hmm. If he is, um, or if he's in another branch reality, he knows that there's a branch out there where Mobius is wondering where the heck he is. So I'm very curious, too, to see what happens when we get Doctor Strange meets Loki for the first time since, you know, it's Infinity War. That's going to be crazy. Smack him across the face. Right. Hey, I'm going to should have killed you when Thor had you. Yeah. It's either that or Loki is going to start breaking stuff down to him and and, and we're going to get a really cool scene with them. I hope, man. So we got some other news today too. And I wanted to kind of briefly touch on that too, that like Loki will be in multiverse of madness, which is interesting because obviously they wouldn't put that out there until it's, it's almost like, you know, when we got to the end of Falcon and winter soldier and then on Twitter, it's like, Oh, "Oh, there's going to be a movie. I was right. Right. Loki. He's continuing. Yeah. You were right. I got that one. Props to you, man. Good job. Very happy about that too. It's, gold star it was it was authentic death he was out for a whole movie um <laughs> he was out for two whole movies yeah and then he got a tv show on his back nice uh and yeah. it makes sense by the way it if, definitely if does loki was like oh no the reality's being ruined who do i know that has a time stone <laughs> let's go tell dr strange that i screwed everything up yeah totally um but yeah, I, th- I think it is one of those things where it's like you're not going to announce that Loki's in Multiverse of Madness yeah. before the season finale even happens or before the season even starts. Or that he's going to be in Thor or anything. Yeah, anything, yeah. right. You're not going to announce that until the season's over. Um, so it's it's, it's it's an interesting interesting thing here because I think maybe, maybe we're underselling Doctor Strange movie big time. Like, I know we both had the anticipation at, like, a million, but, like... That's my number one movie. Maybe it's even more than that, man. Like, maybe it's, like... Maybe we're not prepared for that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's going to be crazy, too, to see how the rest of these... The the TV series, the movies, how all of this ties in. Uh, We briefly talked about Black Widow. We now know that there's like going to be a connection between Black Widow and the Hawkeye series. Uh, How does what happens in Loki affect the Shang-Chi movie? How does that affect the Eternals movie? Because that's one that we didn't really talk about and how that could drastically affect that movie. I wonder if Shang-Chi has anything on Doctor Strange's movie too. Yeah. Because we now have four magicians in Doctor Strange. Yeah. Wanda, Doctor Strange, Mordo, and Loki. Mm-hmm. Shang-Chi wouldn't be a shock to see him enter Wong? that world. Wong is in, in Shang-Chi. And he's in Shang-Chi, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, by the mm. way, real quick. The tower, in my opinion, when it when they walked in there, it, it resembled, didn't look like, but resembled and made me think of a time sanctuary. Yes, it was did. kind of the window style the architecture it, it looked very similar to me very like artsy yeah 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 that's a, that's a good catch because it did look a lot like that and 
what's very prominent with Doctor Strange is like time sanctuary place like the in in New York is like you've got the uh the um like the, the the big feature like on the very top, right? It's like a like a glass pane. Yeah, it's like a It's like his logo or whatever. It's like a bubble. Yeah. You have that featured prominently on the top of 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 this tower as well. So it's a yeah. yeah. There was a little tower thing at the top of the tower. That is the tower, right? Yeah. It's a castle mm-hmm. with a tower. Yeah. Well, it's a castle with a with a tower attached. Yeah. 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 If it's a tower, mm-hmm. it has to be attached to something. You can call the Sears Tower a tower, but by definition, it's a building. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just a skyscraper. Yeah, you don't call yeah, it the Sears you know, building. Right. Sears. Tower is part of the name. Tower is part of the, like, allure. Like, right. Yeah. You want to call the biggest thing that's in Chicago, like, this tower. Princesses are locked in towers. Yes. A part of a castle. A part of a castle. Exactly. Except for, like... Which makes sense because Rapunzel. they would live in a... Oh. Didn't she just have a tower? That was just a tower. I think. Right. But she was... Her hair was so long, they just needed to build the tallest thing possible. You could have made a castle out of her hair. <laughs> no way, because if she <laughs> sat on it, it would hurt. Uh, She's going to eat the hair, too? Right. Uh, do? But, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how all this ties in. Um, like, because, uh, man, there's just so many, so many things coming to the MCU. Like... When and where does this like time multiverse switch up occur? Yeah. Like, is is Hawkeye and all this other stuff, Miss Marvel, is is all this stuff gonna happen like before Loki? Yeah, you know what I mean. We've talked about the timeline of these episodes are really important because mm-hmm. that tells you what's happening and what's possible. Yeah, and we talked about too that like maybe this exists on the outside of time. Like, it it doesn't exist within the bounds of time that we know. And so, like, right. if that's the case, like, whoa. <laughs> well, and how does this affect the world as we know it? Exactly. Does it at all for now right. until his presence? It, like, does he ever even come into the real world? Or does he just stay in the outskirts of reality and stuck in time itself? We don't know any of this yet. Mm-hmm. Very I'm very happy we're getting a season two of this. And Great show, by the way. Yeah. We're at the end of it. It was really good. It was easily the best TV show, in my opinion, and, mm. and that's very important because my opinion. Um, I could see why you would elevate one of the other TV shows above it. I think WandaVision was um, a medium second, and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier slightly behind that. I think we got some really cool stuff from Loki in every aspect. It built towards the future. It really gave us an interesting TV show. And it uplifted characters we know from the past. It was a really, really big success. I, I I think that as far as it goes with rankings, I would put this one number one as well. I, I think ultimately it just kind of depends on what you want out of out of your entertainment. You know what I mean? Like because there's there's at times, even after watching the season finale, there's at times where I'm like, Man, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was awesome. Like, it was probably what? the best thing. And then there's times where I'm like, man, you know what? I'm kind of sleeping on WandaVision. Cause that, but they're all so different. Yeah. 
like if you want something that's more emotionally driven then i think wandavision is probably your thing if you want something that touches on social dynamics and stuff like that, then then Falcon and Winter Soldier is probably going to be your thing. Hand to hand combat. Hand to hand combat, like, stuff. yeah. And if you're, yeah, I don't even know. Sick, demented, S- twisted. <laughs> no, I would say go that to it's therapy twelve times a day. <laughs> okay, is for you. I, I would All say the 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 insanity of of Loki is what makes it beautiful. But um, man, it. It's hard to really put into one thing because it does so many different things well. It was awesome. Yeah. This has been so much fun working with this season. Um, Through this season, we've seen our podcast literally grow more than any of the previous seasons combined. So that's been really special for us and cannot wait for season two. Mm -hmm. But we will wait because we have a lot to do before that happens. We will have a Black Widow recap coming out to you guys soon. I didn't want to do it too soon because I want everybody to be able to participate um, with listening to it. And I know not everybody can get to the movies right away. And nowadays it's hard as, as hard as ever to get there sometimes. Um, so that'll be coming out soon. And then we do have some TV shows coming up before too long. But we've got Shang-Chi, The Eternals around the corner. And we also have the blockbusters coming in the winter. So super excited. Um, this TV series was a chance to get to know a lot of new people. And talking about the TV show itself, but also a lot of the people that are listening. If you have not joined, as I said earlier, our Facebook group, the Marvel Guys Podcast, I think you'd really enjoy it. It's where we talk to pretty much everybody. Uh, we, we've thought about doing more things with communication, but um, for now, it's the best place to get a hold of us. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review, and whether it's four or five stars, however you're feeling, you know, we just appreciate you guys being a part of it. So, um, wanted to say thank you again, and since we're signing off from the season, do you have any thoughts? Um, basically, the only thoughts I have, man, is if you're an MCU fan, strap in. You know what I mean? Like this is this is gonna get crazy. Um, I've said it multiple times already in this episode, but like this is, um, yeah, like <laughs> strap in, buckle in, get your popcorn. We're about to get into some really, really crazy stuff, uh, but. Yeah, we we have seen a lot of a, a lot of growth, and we've seen a lot of people that uh, that interact with us on like a routine basis on on the Facebook page, and you know it's uh you know like uh on a on a personal note, you know sometimes like when I'm having like a really bad day, and uh, maybe like uh, I'm not in the right headspace in, in in terms of life, you know what I mean, like. Uh, sometimes I see some comments or something or like a message from from a fan on on the Facebook page and it just completely makes my whole day it it makes me kind of like think of things a little differently and uh, you know it's um, it's crazy because we engage with so many different people and sometimes you forget about that you know like sometimes you forget exactly like wow like that's a lot of people that that are like listening to to us blabble on about marvel but uh it's just so yeah it's just invented a word i invented a word (laughs) uh babble was what i was going on uh but blab is what you were really but it's what i was yeah and you're like halfway through blab you were like i've never said blab before am i a blab person (laughs) do i say the words like blab let's say babble instead Uh yeah wait (laughs) box myself in create a new word but um 
yeah it's just it's hard to kind of like wrap your brain around how many people uh are are in the facebook group or or, are on the facebook page and um engage with us and well massive massive shout out to every one of you guys man it's it's amazing it's amazing to be uh in this in this uh position that we're in Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. We will see you very soon, as I said. You have a great week, and Black Widow will be coming to you. Peace.